Beloved in the Lord, you and I have been given great authority. No, our authority is not to open the New York Stock Exchange, nor is it to dictate laws for our nation. Our authority is handed to us by Jesus, and they are described in the verses leading up to today's gospel message. They are the authority to forgive and to retain sins. Jesus tells us, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We call this authority the office of the keys, and to possess it is to walk a tight rope. No tight rope is easy to walk and stay on, is it? We're liable to fall off on one side or the other. When I told you that you and I possess the authority to forgive and to retain sins, perhaps you were a little let down. This is one way in which we can fall off that tight rope. We hold this authority with low esteem and make it insignificant. It's easy for us to fall on this side of the tightrope when other authorities, such as the power to open the New York Stock Exchange or have power over our nation's laws, seem much more glamorous. In comparison, we hardly ever hear the words, I forgive you, and the solitary use of private confession seems no longer in vogue. But also, be aware of falling off the other side of the tightrope. If we do not undervalue the office of the keys, we let our power to forgive and to retain sins get to our heads. Like Peter in our gospel passage, we may ask Jesus, How often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? In other words, is there a cap? After all, if my brother makes the same sin seven times and comes to me asking for forgiveness— Is he really sorry for his sins? Rather than forgive, it is much easier and more satisfying for our sinful flesh if we lord it over him and use it to our advantage sometime in the future. Whether we let this power to forgive and to retain sins go to our heads, or whether we underplay its significance, we walk a tight rope and frequently fall off it on one side or the other. The Lord, knowing our tendency to error, provided a user manual, so to say, for how to use this authority. This manual serves as our text today. Responding to Peter, Jesus tells us that we are to forgive not seven times, but seventy times seven times. I may be even so bold to say that if your brother sins against you one time beyond that, you should also forgive him. You see, 70 times 7 is a simple way for Jesus to say, as many times as your brother sins against you, forgive him. 70 times 7 covers the sevenfold curse that was placed on Cain. It also covers the 77-fold curse that Cain's descendant, Lamech, boasted about in Genesis 4. Sin runs 
rampant. And yet, Christ tells us that his mercy and forgiveness in him run even more rampant. Jesus' user manual shows that our willingness to forgive has no limit. This manual continues in the parable of the unforgiving servant. In it, Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payments to be made. Jesus points out our deplorable condition. We are the indebted servant, and we have gotten ourselves into quite the predicament. 10,000 talents back then is equivalent to about $1 billion today. The point Jesus is making is not for you and me to look to Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk for help. Rather, the point is that you and I are beyond help. Sin may not feel like it is a big deal, but it is. It is that foul word that we use at our coworker. It is that lustful glance that we take when no one is looking. It is that gluttonous third helping of ice cream you scoop into your bowl. And yet, it is more. It is not just actions, it is a disease that you and I have no remedy for. You would certainly feel the weight if you had a $1 billion debt on your shoulders. Be assured, although you may not always notice your sinful condition, it is far worse than a $1 billion debt. We read on. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. If the size of the servant's debt is hard for you and me to grasp, the king's mercy is even more unfathomable. No one in his right mind would clear such a large debt, much less your or my debt of sin, which is inexpressibly worse. Yet God's love for you and for me is reckless. And it is on account of this reckless love that he took your debt, along with the $1 billion debts of everyone else in the world and throughout time, and he reassigned them. This endless running tab of debts for all humanity couldn't simply vanish. Rather, the divine wrath that each of us deserve for our debts was redirected towards God's own Son. Jesus bore this endless running tab of debts and took on its full weight of divine wrath on the cross. In its place, Jesus gives you his rich inheritance as God's son. The incomprehensible has happened. Your unfathomable debt is now an unfathomable inheritance. Jesus could have ended the parable here, yet he continues for our benefit as holders of the office of the keys. 
That same servant, who had been forgiven, went out. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servants fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Like all good user manuals, this user manual comes equipped with examples. The first example of that is that of the unforgiving servant, and it is one you and I are not to follow. Don't get me wrong. People will do you injustice, and when they do, it will hurt. You may be cheated on, lied to, or physically abused. Their sin may not be trivial. In fact, the 100 denarii debt it owed amounts to about fifteen to $20,000 today. No wonder the servant treated his debtor so harshly. We may find ourselves unwilling to forgive at times, but we know that we are not to mimic the unforgiving servant. Rather, Jesus offers us the example of the merciful king. He is no other than our Heavenly Father. Should you, in the present or future, find yourself following the example of the unforgiving servant, turn from your anger and find comfort in the Father's unfathomable mercy. In your baptism, you were declared a child of the Father and all your sins were removed. In their place, God has given you the Holy Spirit, who is at work in you now, so you can forgive your brother and your sister. The merciful Father also gives us the Lord's Supper, which continues to strengthen you. In it, you receive Christ's body and blood, and you are reminded of your own debt to the King, which has been forgiven. Just as Christ forgave you of your debts, so he has forgiven all sinners of their debts. Walking in the example of the Father is more than just an example. He forgives and empowers us with his gifts found in baptism and the Lord's Supper. We find one last example for us in this parable, that is, the servants who were greatly distressed by the unforgiving servant's harsh treatment. Contrast their distress with the anger of the unforgiving servant. Anger is not befitting for a servant, but belongs to the king alone. He is perfect and just. When someone sins against us, we don't respond with anger 
we respond with distress. Consider how our debtors are to be pitied and have compassion on them. For you know how sin displeases the Father and is harmful to your neighbor's soul. Not only has Christ given us the great authority to forgive sins, but he has equipped us with its user manual. In it, we learn that we are willing to forgive without limit because we have been forgiven without limit. Thanks be to God, the merciful King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.